Welcome to What's Eric Eating, Culture Map's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. I have Top Chef finalist Evelyn Garcia coming up in a little bit. But first, I'm joined by my co-host this week. He is a passionate advocate for the Houston food scene and your unofficial tour guide to Mexico City. We follow him on Instagram at ThatGuyHouston. Matt Harris, welcome back to the show. How are you? Doing well, Daddy. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thanks for doing this. Let us dive right into the news of the week. Topic number one, the James Beard Awards have revealed their first winners since 2019. I'm going to say Texas did pretty well overall. Certainly the headline for Houston is that Julep won Outstanding Bar Program. This is the first time in the history of the awards that a Houston bar or restaurant has won in a national category. Ileana De La Vega of Austin's El Naranjo won Best Chef Texas. This is the first time that award has ever been handed out. Edgar Rico of Austin's Nixta Taqueria won Emerging Chef. And Mashama Bailey, who is known for a restaurant in Savannah called The Gray, but who recently opened a, a similar restaurant in Austin, won the big prize of the night, which is Outstanding Chef. Now, there were a number of Houstonians nominated in a few other categories. Chris Williams for Outstanding Restaurateur, Hugo's for Outstanding Service, Ruben Ortega for Outstanding Pastry Chef, and both Blood Brothers Barbecue and Sin Chow for Best Chef Texas. They, they did not win. Sadly, they did not win. Uh, Matt, I, I say all that to say to you, what do you think about, about the overall winners in these various categories and, and how Texas did in this year's awards? So there uh, are a couple takeaways. First, let's acknowledge our uh, hometown winner, Alba Huerta from Julep. That's very exciting. I loved her speech. She's a great ambassador for Houston. And uh, congratulations to her and her team. Yeah, let me and let me just let me just chime in real quick and just say that, you know, I've been going to Julep, uh, I think, since the week it opened. And I, I've seen it sort of evolve and, and Alba really come into her own as, a, as an entrepreneur. She's got a great team. You know, you can go to Julep. They have this, this, they have a big menu. You know, they have, they have seasonal cocktails. They have house favorites like that uh, cherry bounce sour. That's kind of a signature. Of course they have juleps and then they have classics and all the spirits and the wine and the food. And, and I think part of what makes that place so great is that her staff really can guide you through all of that. And, and this is, this is always seems like magic when I go for any sort of beverage experience, but when I go, okay, I had this drink and I liked it, but I want something, I want something like it, but sweeter, or I want something like it, but more tart or boozier. And they go, oh, oh, I, I know just the thing. And, and then they bring it to you and it is that thing. And it's just that, that process always feels a little bit like magic to me. And, and the Julep staff does a really good job of it. And uh, uh, let, me, let me countenance those thoughts. Uh, as a non-drinker, I have patronized no bar more than Julep. Um, and have had just uh, outstanding experiences whenever I've been there. So that recognition, I think, is uh, is well deserved and exciting. And um, 
uh, was was really nice to uh, and and I just thought her speech was great last night. So thank you to my city of Houston, Texas, for yes, loving immigrants for loving immigrants like me, like my family, welcoming us and giving us the path to opening our own businesses. And, and I thought yes. that was that was so nice or so. So well stated and so thoughtful, and but that's who that's who Alba is. She's a she's a very she's a very thoughtful person. You called her an ambassador for Houston. I I completely agree with that. Uh, and uh, you know she's she is as far as I know the only person that's been on this podcast that's also been on the cover of Texas Monthly. So you know it's good to be it's good to be Alba. Yes, very very well. Again, congratulations. To her, to Julep, and the whole team. That's uh, um, it was. It was nice that I think that was the best news of the night. Uh, certainly, as far as Houston goes, um, the uh, the other takeaway, uh, which is uh, a little bit personal, as, as I've sort of been beating the drum for a while now, is, is just the um, emergence of of Mexican food with uh, both uh, Mr. Rico and Miss De La Vega. Winning both out of Austin, it's fine. I'm not mad, but uh, you know both. This is one of those. I'm not mad. I'm, I'm but I am a little disappointed. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's hey, that uh, um, congratulations to them. So right, and, and and let me just say, like I went to Austin a few weeks ago for a variety of reasons, but but one of one of those reasons was that I wanted to try the beer nominees. So I went to El Naranjo and I went to Nick's to Taqueria and, and I had very good meals at both of them. And, and so we'll, we'll come back to the Houston nominees in just a second, but they are, you know, and, and not having been to, you know, emerging chef is a national category. I can't speak to how, to the other nominees in that category, but, but certainly my experience at Nick's to Taqueria was very good. And it's exciting for Edgar Rico to get that recognition. Uh, and I should also say he won Chef of the Year in the Culture Map Austin Taste Baker Award. So I, I think that uh, that reflects well on on our sister publication as well. So uh, and and El Naranjo, I mean, I, I had this wonderful duck mole. I had this this wonderful uh, vegetables and like a salsa matcha, you know, ceviche, the whole thing. I thought. You know, it was a it was a very delicious dinner. So, you know, certainly certainly worthy of recognition. Indeed, indeed, and and just that uh, I, I think that uh, portends well for Houston because we have uh, some really exciting food that's happening in that genre here locally. So, uh, I'm excited to see what that holds for for Houston. Well, and certainly, I think you know this this shift. In the voting criteria, you know that you know this is this is the first year, you know the James Beard Foundation went through this whole process in 2020 and 2021 to change, you know what kind of restaurants are considered to be worthy of the James Beard Awards, who votes for the James Beard Awards, and it and it produced this group of winners, and and it changed kind of the recognition about what sort of restaurants are qualified, and so. It's it does it opens the door to a, a new crop of of restaurants and and I know you know you sort of alluded to but you know 
there is this, this like really exciting movement in creative Mexican food coming in Houston. And, and certainly I would think that in the future, you know, uh, we'll be talking about places like Chivos and Tatamo and even, uh, you know, Popolo Mercado, even though it's, or, uh, even though it's Emma, it's a, Emma right. Even though it's a stand at a, at a food hall, because what they're doing is of a quality that, that we can say this is among the best in the country. And so, you know, from, from that perspective, I am really excited. Uh, about- and, I, and I think that was the third takeaway uh, was that what you saw was it, it wasn't the, the big PR machines that were pushing their clients that were winning the awards. Um, in some respects, it was mom and pop. You know, Il, Il Naranjo is a, is a husband wife team. Yeah. And a restaurant that, you know, started in Oaxaca came to, you know, they moved to America, they started as a food truck and now they've been, you know, 10 years as a brick and mortar in Austin. I mean, that's a, that's such a great American success story. You know, as, as chef uh, De La Vega said last night, like we, we could have done this anywhere other than America. Right. And, and to be, to, to be recognized, you know, for James Beard, which is the pinnacle of, of his awards go, um, so I, that that was an important for me I, uh, as the Beard Awards go through this sort of uh, reorganization, if you will. Um, that uh, gave me hope that uh, maybe that maybe they're on the right path. Yeah, I I think that's well said, and and I I guess I at some point I should say that I participated in this in this process. I was a voter. And I and a taster, which is to say that I visited some of the establishments and submitted reports, and and I think we've been asked to say, or we've been asked not to say, you know, which categories and what we submitted and all that stuff. So I'll I'll, I'll respect the process and and defer. But so you know, if people I, have if people have complaints, they should send them to you. Is that what you're saying? Well, I I, I suppose they could send them. They could send them to. Uh, <laughs> They could send them to uh, Texas Monthly Taco Editor Jose Rolot, who is the the chair of the Texas Committee. You know, they could send them to the James Beard Foundation directly. Uh, whoever they, you know, I'll, you know, send them to me and I'll forward them along. How's that? You can you can always email me Eric here. I see a culturemap.com with any questions, comments, or concerns. Uh, as my beloved former Gal Media colleague Charlie Palillo says, if you take the time to write it, I will take the time to read it. But I digress. I will say I. I do think that we, that the process produced a, a more, for lack of a better word, relevant, which is to say more timely group of nominees and winners. And, and I'm excited about the future of, of how, you know, as this process evolves and hopefully improves and becomes more transparent, that, that we'll continue to get places that feel like very timely, very connected to, to the city. Uh, to their respective cities and regions and all that. So I, I'm, I'm feeling optimistic, I suppose, is what I'm telling you. Yeah, no, I think relevant is, is, a, is a, a, a good word choice there, Daddy. So uh, that is exciting and it, it's exciting to see, uh, um, you know, and, and, and for Houston, I, I think it, it's exciting for Houston because to me, it's, it's pretty relevant right now with what's going on in, in the food world. So, yeah. And then I, I thought we'd wrap up this portion of the conversation by just sort of what are the restaurants that you kind of have your eye on 
that you would like to see nominated in any of the categories for next year. And, and of course, I, you know, certainly Sin Chow and Blood Brothers Barbecue, I'd love to see them get another bite at the apple. Well, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you go with a couple because we, we mentioned a couple earlier. You know, uh, this is, this is where I, I fall back to my, uh, I'm, I'm going to defer on that. I think that, uh, you know, there's a lot of time between now and, and next year for the awards and that, uh, who, uh, who is, who is nominated. And at that time, I think it's hard to say right now. All right. Well, uh, that's fair. I'll, I'll rattle off just a few more as I'm sort of thinking about, you know, potentially being involved in this process again next year and, and who I would like to see recognized, you know, certainly Blue Dorn uh, is setting a very high standard. You know, I think March, you know, whatever, you know, tasting menus, I, I know that's, that's a, a lot of that comes down to personal taste, but the, the quality of the service and certainly the beverage program, you know, there's um, that, that wine list is just unbelievable. And Jim Rodell does such a great job of, and, and the whole Psalm team there does such a great job. You know, you'd like to see them get some attention. You know, the work that Mark Clayton is doing at Squabble, I think is really great. And then, you know, I'd like to see Hugo stay on the list for outstanding hospitality, of course. And, and you know, I think we're, we're going to get to a point where, you know, we have some depth in the outstanding restaurateur, whether that's, you know, what Bobby Hugel and Justin Yu are doing between, you know, Better Luck Tomorrow, Squabble, and, and soon, you know, Hotel Lucene, certainly what Chris Shepard is doing, uh, the new Georgia James, Pastoria will be open by then, Wild Oats has been really excellent, uh, Tracy Vaught, you know, what she and, and Hugo Ortega do together is, is really outstanding, so a lot of depth in that category, and, and uh, you know, and, and certainly for Best New Restaurant, you know, the one that just sort of springs to mind is uh, what Don Burrell is up to at late August, I think, between her pedigree and what she did on Top Chef. I think the expectations for that are going to be pretty high, and I think it'll get a lot of attention. And, it, and if, it's as, if, it lives up to, if it lives up to those expectations and, and frankly, Don's own standards, it could really be a, the kind of place that gets a lot of attention nationally. So uh, just kind of off the top of my head, those are, those are a few places that maybe to think about as we, as we look to 2023. You get no argument from me on those daddy. <laughs> All right. Let us move on to topic number two. Uh, Fat Eatery announced that it is opening a second location in the woodlands. This is the uh, very popular Malaysian restaurant in Katy. Chef Alex Young has been on this podcast a couple of times. He was a James Beard Award semifinalist for Best Chef Texas this year. Uh, the nice thing about the Woodlands location is that it will be much larger than the Katie original 7,800 square feet, which will allow Chef Alex to expand his menu with more dim sum, Chinese barbecue, and some other things. Matt, what do you think? Uh, what are your What are your thoughts on Fat Eatery and and what do you think about it as a fit for the Woodlands? Man, I'm super excited for Alex and Fat Eatery and dare say more excited for the Woodlands. Um, there are some good 
places to eat in the woodlands. It's pretty chain heavy. So to have this sort of elevated experience and uh, in, in Malaysian food from Fat Eatery is, yes, I'm all in. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought when I, I, I had the, the privilege of going to the fourth anniversary dinner at Fat Eatery last week, and I got to speak to Chef Alex about this briefly. And I said, "How? why the Woodlands? And he said, well, when we opened, you know, they're, they're in Katy Asian town. And he thought he would have a mostly Asian clientele. Uh, but that's not been the case. I mean, it, it was in the New York Times a few months ago. You know, 80% of their customers are white. And, and he's developed a following in the Woodlands of people who drive. And it's basically an hour to swing around the Grand Parkway to get from the Woodlands to Katy. And, and so... You know, and he thinks about, you know, who lives in Katy. Well, a lot of it's, you know, energy industry types who have traveled uh, to the Pacific for work and have experienced this food and these cultures in their travels. And the Woodlands has a lot of that same demographic. And so it all just kind of made sense to him. And he found this great location and an old uh, Fuddruckers. that's like a standalone building with plenty of room and plenty of parking. And, and, yeah, I, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. I think it's a huge win for the Woodlands. I think it's very exciting for Fat Eatery. And, and I just think this is, a, this is one of those restaurants that just, you know, it was, it was good when it opened and it's gotten better as it's evolved. And, and I think, you know, all good things, like a, a, very exciting, a very exciting piece of news all around. Yeah, it, it, it really is. Uh, uh, as you mentioned, they were nominated for, uh, as a, a, a beard this year. And uh, I, I see no issue with that. My experiences there have been nothing but fantastic. The flavors, the textures, um, all really, really interesting, all really well done. And to add in an expanded menu of dim sum and Chinese barbecue, dare say I would even make the trek up from, from Houston. So. Right. Right. I, I think, you know, when it opens, which is not until next year, but I, I think, you know, yeah, we'll be going to like, given, given the choice, I'd probably go to the Woodlands location over the Katy location from, from the main part of Houston, from, from the inner loop. Uh, just cause I give me the bigger menu. Like, give me, give me more stuff. Daddy, it's a date. All right. Tell the Topic. streets, tell the streets. <laughs> All right. Topic number three. Uh, Willow Villarreal and Jasmine Barella, formerly of J Bar M Barbecue, have new jobs. Willow is working for Killen's Barbecue. Jasmine is working at Killen's Steakhouse. Talked to Ronnie Killen and Willow about this development. I, I thought it was interesting. They both said basically that they they have some things that they can learn from each other, and this should be a really mutually beneficial partnership. You know, Ronnie. Ronnie could be sort of self-deprecating. I think he, you know, he realizes that Killen's Barbecue was kind of on the vanguard of bringing craft or artisan or big city barbecue, whatever term you want to use, to Houston. Uh, but it's not kind of the media darling that it used to be and that other newer places kind of steal the spotlight or, or get more attention. Um, and he thinks, you know, Willow, Willow can bring some of those techniques, maybe, maybe you know, just take them up. Not, not that it's not still good, 
because they serve a lot of barbecue to a lot of people, especially if you factor in the, uh, the locations at Minute Maid Park and Energy Stadium. But, you know, just, just kind of lift them up a little bit. And of course, you know, Willow and Jasmine want to own a restaurant someday. And, and there are a few people sort of that are better at better a role model than, than Ronnie Kellen. So I think this is sort of good news all around. No, I think so. I think, uh, you know, I still remember back to uh, going to the uh, pop-ups in the parking lot there at uh, the Pearland location. Feels like 10 years ago. I don't think it was that long. I think it was about eight years ago. And Ronnie's undergone a lot of expansion. Um, he's got uh, STQ and the Heights. And um, Killen's Burgers, Killen's TMX. Kill- so, right. you know, that's that spreads you you get you get spread a little thin and having the opportunity to bring someone in with willow and jasmine's backgrounds i think they're great fit for his concepts and um you know that's it's uh it's what you look for in these things and it's uh what we call a win-win yeah no i i agree with all that and and you know i think willow you know he was doing uh pork steaks over the weekend, Friday and Saturday as a special with Killen's barbecue. I think we'll see some more of that, right? That he'll, he'll put a few specials on the menu, you know, maybe in Pearland, certainly in Pearland, maybe in the woodlands and he'll learn some things. And then eventually, you know, hopefully they'll find a, a space and some backers and then they'll go off and do their own thing. But, but for right now, I think it's a, it's a very fruitful uh, partnership. And, and I look forward to going down to Killen's and seeing Willow real soon. Right now, and I think that's uh, I think that's it. I think that's kind of where uh, where the road turns. Right now, you're it, it sort of puts it back in on the radar of hey, why don't we just let's run down to uh, to Killen's Barbecue? I was there not too long ago. It was delicious, but it's just not only. I mean, it's just kind of where we are. Uh, barbecues has really advanced in the city. I believe. Uh, the barbecue snob himself, Daniel Vaughn, just said it's, uh, uh, what did he say, Daddy? I think he told CNN.com that it's, uh, Houston is the single best city for, for barbecue, if you, uh, if you don't mind driving a little bit to, to hit all the spots. There you go. So that, uh, uh, but yeah, so I think that's, uh, uh, not to belabor the point here, but uh, it does pique my, my interest. All right. And then the, very briefly, just topic number four. I did want to acknowledge that Nando's Perry Perry is coming to Houston. This will be its uh, third major market after uh, Chicago and the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, this is a South Africa-based chicken chain, but they're all over the world. And, and I heard from so many, I got so many DMs and messages about this from people who were like, oh, I had it in London or I had it when I was uh, in Europe or traveling to Africa, or I used to live in Chicago and we loved it. People are really excited about this. And, and I have to say, I've, I've had, you know, Perry Perry chicken at, at, uh, at Peli Peli and then at Mozambique at successor. Uh, I know there's a couple of pair of Perry Perry chicken restaurants around town. Um, but none of them have the, the profile that the international reputation of, of Nando's. And, and so I just think it's, uh, Something to look forward to for uh, again, like for the spring, but but coming to the uh, coming to the Post Oak Plaza Shopping Center that is also home to the new Kenny and Ziggy's. 
And that's a very specific flavor profile. And I'm definitely a fan. Look forward to uh, its impending opening and uh, and getting some peri-peri chicken. Have you been to Nando's in your, in your various travels around the world? I have not been to Nando's. All right. Well, then that gives us both something to look forward to next year. Matt, I'm going to say that does it for the news of the week. We'll be right back with our restaurant of the week. Stick around. Matt, for our restaurant of the week, I want to mix it up a little bit. Usually we talk about new restaurants. Today, I want to talk to you about Hugo's. This is the chef Hugo Ortega and his wife and business partner, Tracy Vaught's Montrose Restaurant, the, the cornerstone of their empire. Obviously, they, they, started, they started at uh, Backstreet Cafe, but, but really it's, it's Hugo's that, that made their national reputation. Matt, we had a we had what I what I remember as a as a really outstanding meal at Hugo's, and so I just thought I would I would ask you what you remember from that night a few weeks ago. Uh, well, I will say the first thing I remember uh, is the service, which was outstanding. I agree with you that the service was outstanding, and you know it had been. It had been named a finalist uh, in the James Beard Awards for Outstanding Hospitality. And so I, I had this plan that we should, we should sort of test that a little bit. We should ask for advice about dishes and, and, you know, hey, explain to me the difference between the ceviche and the aguachile. And we ordered a couple of meat entrees and then said, well, what would you recommend that would complement these two dishes? And, and at every point, the server just could not have been a better guide to the menu. You know, we picked goat and we picked barbacoa. And, and, so, and so she recommended a fish dish and it was outstanding and it was the right, and it was the right decision. And again, like what's, what's the difference between the aguachile and the ceviche? And she, she explained, you know, oh, it's different ingredients. It's a different preparation. You'll be much happier with with the aguachile and she was right. And, and, and we were, and, and I just, from, from start to finish, the meal just could not have been, could not have been better from a service perspective. What are, what are one or two of the dishes that really stood out for you? Cause I, I know I have a few. Well, that, that fish dish really, really stood out. Um, it was just really everything you wanted had a, a yellow mole or mole amarillo. Um, with some broccolini and just cooked really well. All the flavors went together. Just really, that dish really sank. I, and honestly, it was all really, really good. I, I, I would um, not uh, be opposed to saying it was my best visit to Hugo's to date. And, and it's uh, one of the restaurants I've visited often. I think that's well said. I mean, it had been, it had been some time uh, since my last visit to, to Hugo's. I, I don't think I'd been there since 2019, but just, you know, start to finish 
you know, the, the Chapulinas taco and the stuffed squash blossom that we started with, you know, we talk about restaurants that nixtamalize corn for their tortillas. I mean, that's something they've been doing for, from the very beginning for more than, for more than 20 years. I mean, that roasted octopus uh, was really fantastic. The, the barbacoa was good. The, the, yeah, the roasted fish was fantastic. I just, just such an impressive meal from start to finish. And, and, you know, I think it's easy, it's easy for me to get wrapped up in, in new places and trying to stay on top of everything, but uh, it's good to, to go back and revisit some of these classics and, and appreciate them. And, and certainly, you know, there were more than a hundred people uh, in the dining room on a Wednesday night doing just that. It was, it was bustling. And, and I thought that's great to see. Agreed. And, and the, you know, it was the little things as much as the big things that they got right. And it just made it a really complete experience. And so, you know, when all those things, when service and food and uh, company to some extent, um, when all those things sort of add up, um, you know, and, and uh, it make, made for a really, really great meal. No, absolutely. All right, Matt, I'm going to say that does it for the Restaurant of the Week. Thank you very much. Thanks, Daddy. And I'll be right back with Evelyn Garcia. I am joined this week by the Houston chef who made it all the way to the finals of Top Chef, Evelyn Garcia. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, good. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for doing this. Look, obviously, I want to talk to you about your experience on the show and and all of that. But you know, I I do want to sneak in a couple of restaurant related questions at the end. So so okay. let's let's start with the show. What kind of motivated you to to participate to to apply to be on Top Chef? So I actually got reached out to by Top Chef um, and I kind of sat on it for like a week. (laughs) I was like, do I want to do this? And um, I mean, after just thinking about it and and being a small business, I knew it was something that was going to help me out on the long run. I I mean, one, you know, am I comfortable enough to, to put myself on TV and such a huge platform? Am I prepared? And then as well as, okay, I feel comfortable. I feel like, you know, I could do it now. Do it for your business. <laughs> right. I mean, because you you have some reality show experience, right? You won an episode of Chopped, as I recall. Yeah. I mean, but that's like an episode. This is, you know, <laughs> this is competition slash reality slash, I mean, we're signing on for two months. You know, it was a lot of other things I had to think about, you know, just you just even taking that time away. Yeah. Were you, were you a fan of the show before they contacted you? Were you familiar with it? Yeah. I've been a fan for a while. Um, I definitely like grew up watching top chef and, you know, I actually worked for chef Harold at kid shop in New York, who was the OG of top yeah, the, chef. The first season one winner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I knew about it and I mean, I definitely followed the year before because we have Don and Sasha on it. So. Um, yeah, it was very fresh on my head, you know, from just watching the last season as well. 
So how did you prepare for the show? I mean, did you talk to Harold? Did you talk to Don? Did they give you any advice about kind of like, do? like hinted? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, so how was your experience? <laughs> um, at, at everyone I knew that that's been part of it. But um, I think I don't I don't think there's much you can do to prepare. I feel like, you know, actually being part of it and actually doing it, I feel like you really just rely on straight up your whole experience I mean you know things it's just I it wasn't like I was timing myself on things or like what could I create it was just you really don't know what's coming your way um I think it's more of like a mental like okay like breathe you're about to put yourself into this (laughs) well yeah I, I talk about that mental aspect because you're I mean you're cut off right I mean you you don't have your phone you don't have access to the internet or media I mean what do you what do you do when you're not like actively participating in filming an episode? Stare at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, you're completely cut off. I mean, it definitely like, it sucks, but also it helps because you're just so like, just thinking about cooking. That's all you're thinking about. There's nothing else interrupting your thought. Yeah, you, you have no idea what's going on in the outside world. There's so many things that can distract you. So it's really crazy environment in that sense but they take great care of you you know they're, they they want to make sure you're fed and then that you have anything you need but it's just it's very intense i feel like i definitely like my sleep schedule got really screwed up <laughs> during that <laughs> all right so when in the process did you find out that you know not only were they going to cast you but that they were going to film it in houston like the week before we were supposed to leave like they we i didn't i knew nothing they were like, I You're just like you haven't call. sent me a plane ticket yet. And they're like, uh, there's a reason for that. Yeah. I was just like, hey, you know, like, what do I have to pack? I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> like, what kind of wardrobe do I need to pack? What do we need? And, you know, them them calling. I'm pretty sure it was, it was very like, I, like I was even panicking. I was like, I'm supposed to leave soon. And I don't even know where I'm going. And, you know, getting the call and, and then letting me know, they're like, oh, can you guess? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, I mean, it could be anywhere. They're like, it's pretty close. And I'm like, okay, I don't know why my brain went like New Mexico. I'm like, mm. I'm like, that's right next to us. Um, <laughs> they're like, no, a bit closer. And then she said Houston. And I mean, my first reaction was just like, I mean, part of my French, but I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, um, oh my God. Cause I mean, that's all I knew. So I was just like, okay. And then immediately after I was just like, Oh my God, this is so cool. This is so amazing for Houston. I'm just, you know, then it was just like a lot of joy just to know that, you know, my city was going to be showcased on such a huge platform. All right. So you find out it's in Houston. I mean, did you feel like more excited that you kind of, that like, if, if nothing else, at least like, you know, where the whole foods are and, and you're, you're going to know, like, you're going to see some people, you know, at some point over the course of the season. Yeah. I mean, for, yeah, it was definitely first, like, oh, oh my God, hyperventilating a little bit. And then it was just like, well, at least there's comfort that it's in my city. <laughs> and I know, I know our food scene. I know, um, you know, our whole foods, <laughs> you know, there's just like, okay, there's some, some familiarity. I'm not completely being uh, pulled away. So it's just like, okay, at least I have that. And it was nice just to be able to like see a couple of people as I'm going through the whole experience too. Yeah. I, I was listening to Gail Simmons on another podcast. 
she said when you you like showed up to the uh the barbecue challenge that all the the pit masters that were there to eat like applauded <laughs> yeah that was that was really cool i think that was the first time i feel like we saw every, like so many people all at once or maybe was it after the did we do the asia one market yet you you had already know, like, done the night market challenge okay, i think that like, was probably the first one where you yeah but you, i didn't get to like talk to every like see everyone all at once you know it was kind of like it's like an event so they're kind of like being sprinkled in um, I think that was just like the biggest audience maybe <laughs> that we like I had to present to all at once and that I knew so many people. I was just like, that was really crazy. Um, and I like peeked through through the kitchen. I was like, oh, my God, like everyone's here. <laughs> right. Did you kind of ex- like did you explain to the other contestants at any point like. Like even for the first challenge, it's like you're you're, you're dining with, you know, Chef Hugo and uh, Chris Shepard and Chris Williams, like. Are you like giving any context to the other contestants about holy shit, you would not believe like who's in this room right now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I was definitely um, not only the tour guide <laughs> for Houston, <laughs> I was just informing everybody about everything. I was just like, do you see this person? This person's right here. You know, do you know who you're about to feed? Because um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, they're just like, oh, you know, it's just people, you know, just people. And I was like, yeah, but these are like the people in Houston. Do you, I mean, you, you obviously, you did very well. I mean, you won, uh, what, three or four of the elimination challenges. I mean, do you, do you have a favorite? I mean, was it, you know, getting to do the Selena dish at, at the the women's challenge or the, the brisket curry? I mean, do you, is there one that kind of stands out? Yeah, I feel, I mean, as it kept going, I was just like, man, that one's my favorite. That one's my favorite. That one's my favorite. Um, I feel like, yeah, I mean, I, the Selena one was really awesome because, you know, I, I really did have such a huge connection with that dish and that challenge. Um, but as well as the last one with the nopales and the chiltipin, um, I was just like, holy, I'm like, are you serious right now? Like, I couldn't even believe that. I was just like, do I really have to cook with nopales and chiltipin right now? Like, this is crazy because it literally and you know what? What's even crazier is that like before I left, you know, before we went to the finale, we did take a little break, like a week or two. Um, and I was home and in the day I was flying out to Arizona, my mom packed me breakfast tacos. She's like, oh, for the flight. I'm like, okay, thank you. And it had a chilti bean hot sauce in the, in the taco. I was just oh, like, wow. I know. I was like, what is this? You know, I didn't even notice till like after we we find out the, the challenge, I was like, holy shit. And then I was just, literally just talking to my mom about nopales because I was like, okay, we're going to Arizona. There's a lot of cactus, you know, and I'm thinking, I didn't think about it as a challenge, but maybe so of like, there's going to be so many ingredients out there that are maybe different from here, but I know for sure, like it's, it's a desert, they have cactus. Um, so I had like mentioned, you know, talk to that to my mom about like, oh, you know, what are the different ways to prepare nopales? Cause we almost normally just like boil it or, or simmer it in, in a stew. Um, and then she had given me the, the chilti bean sauce and the taco. I don't know. It was just like, afterwards, I was like, man, these were all signs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, coming into that final, coming into the final challenge, obviously you were thinking about cactus, but, but when did you start to conceive of like what you were going to do for the final, you know, four course dinner, cook the best meal of your life? I mean, I think I was thinking about that menu, like since I went in. <laughs> I was like, what if I get, I'm like, well, the plan is obviously to get to the finale, 
right? I was just like, I need to get to the finale. And I feel like on maybe like the fourth episode or so, I was like, Joe, you're going to come with me. You know that, right? If I make it to the finale. She's like, shut up. Think about this one challenge. Like, how are you thinking about that already? And I was like, listen, I'm just telling you. I'm just letting you know if it happens and you're not next to me, then I'm calling you. <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, as it kept going, I was just like, I had kind of an idea of what I wanted to do, but, you know, I was still, I was, you know, I was inspired by Arizona as well. And, and my time through the competition. So I was just kind of, it was kind of getting built as it was, as it was happening. And then once I got to the finale, I had like a better idea. Uh, but I was still like, I was like, oh, I'm in Arizona. And I had just done nopales. So now I want to introduce nopales into my dish. I'm using chiltipin. So I switched out a lot of chilies for chiltipin. So <clears throat> I did things like that. I mean, I was definitely living it a little bit open to be inspired by Arizona as well. And then just, you know, again, like, what was it like for you when you, you walk out and you see Eric Repair and Kristen Kish and Gregory and, and everybody else that was there to, to eat at that finale? I mean, honestly, like they told us who's going to be there, but then I think of when I was in front of the table and like seeing everybody's faces and it was like a blur. <laughs> it was just like, I, I was blacked out. I don't know. I was just like, uh, this is my dish. This is what I did. I hope you enjoy. Bye. <laughs> you know, like the most awkward uh, explanation. I was just like, I, there's just so many people on this table right now. Like, this is crazy. Um, and then it was just like, okay, just think about the next dish because you know, you got four courses. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm, I mean, I, I think Buddha really captured that well, right? He's like running back to the kitchen because you've only got so much time. I, yeah. Cause our time, go. was, our time was like ticking even while we were doing the, the spiel. So, so like that's cutting into your time. So you gotta, you gotta go back. <laughs> All right. So, so let me shift a little bit, just talk about kind of your interactions with the other contestants. Like what was it like kind of getting to know them? I mean, obviously you and you and Joe bonded and, and I think, you know, J2, like, like, what was that? What was that experience like for you? Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's very, I think as an adult, <laughs> in your adult life, it's hard to make friendships that connect that deeply. Um, I feel like our friends, like, you know, we've known our whole life and stuff like that. But I feel like being in this bubble, it's, like, you get boiled down to your essence, essentially, there's nothing to distract, you know, there's nothing that could we we could be doing or thinking about or anything it's just thinking about cooking and 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 you know who you who you are who you want to stand for you know it's it's a huge platform you're going to be on tv um so i think like we were just all in our very raw form <laughs> and when we're meeting these people um and it's just really cool to connect with with people obviously they're super talented uh I feel like the 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 biggest hurdle for everyone is definitely the mental aspect of just being in a competition and thinking that way. But everybody's there for a reason. Everybody's super talented and everybody's super nice. You know, everybody talked about like we didn't have assholes or whatever, but like we're like we we're all here for the same reason. We all want to win. <laughs> we all want to cook our hearts out. And we're all in the same boat. So we're all like feeling the same things, you know. Some are more expressive than others, including <laughs> myself. Right, right. You were very expressive. Yeah, I was very expressive. I was just like, this is me. Okay, I, I don't care. Um, and then there's, you know, then there's, I'm pretty sure, 
honestly, I'm like, I'm sure they were crying in the rooms. Okay. <laughs> the stress was real. Right. But it, I, I mean, I think it takes a lot kind of personally to, to let yourself be open to cry on camera. Uh, cause, cause oh, yeah. you know, cause you know, as soon as you do it, like, Oh, that's going in the edit. Like, Oh, oh yeah. I should. And then the guys were like, you know, the guys were like, Oh, I would never cry on TV. I'm like, I'm like, whatever, <laughs> you know, she's like, I, I don't care. Like, this is, this is who I am. And I feel all the emotions and I'm feeling all the emotions now. And I'm not trying to hold back. I'm like, if I'm not trying to hold back on my cooking, <laughs> I was like, I'm not holding back on being me. Well, and, you know, and I, you know, I've been a fan of the show. I, I think I've seen maybe not every, maybe not every episode of every season, but I've seen almost all of them. Mm-hmm. And, and I think about, you know, kind of the drama of seasons, like early seasons, like two and three, you know, oh, yeah. I'm not your bitch, bitch. Like, you know, <laughs> it's like, we're a long way from that. Like yeah. you guys legitimately seem to like, like each other and help each other. I'm mean, even when you didn't have to, I mean, I'm thinking about the night market challenge. You're in the Asian grocery store and you, I think it was Jackson. You're like, oh. this is the sauce you need. Or this they, is were so, they were so lost. And it's yeah. also it's so overwhelming. But you didn't have to do that. I guess my point is, yeah. like, you're trying to win. You didn't have to do that. Yeah. But it was just like, I felt like, you know, I felt like I had some sort of upper hand because, like, I go to Vietjoa once a week. Well, you know, like, I know exactly where everything is. So it wasn't like I was helping them with their dishes or creating anything. I was just like, well, here, you know, like, this is where you're going to need. This is where you'll find it, you know? Um and honestly, I mean, we're all, like I said, like, it was just more sympathetic of like, we're all in the same boat and we we're just overwhelmed with, with everything. We have to create a dish. We have to cook, you know, which is like, in a way seems crazy because we cook every day, but then all of a sudden you're just like, this is the last cook of my life, you know, because <laughs> that's how it feels every time. So I'm like, listen, this story is crazy. I understand. Like the spices are on aisle nine. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you, you, you cook, I mean, you, you cook for a living, you cook every day, but you don't cook, you know, in half an hour with ingredients you can't anticipate. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's I couldn't, a very different experience. Yes. And I couldn't like, you know, I had for that specific one, Jackson and Sarah, and they had like no idea anything Vietnamese, like their experience was like ban me and fun. That's as far as it went. And I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't, I can't help you. <laughs> I can help you on like, hey, here are the spices, but there's like no way of them, like me helping beyond that. So I was just like, I, if, I'm like, if you need some help on the store, it's fine. Also, also there was, I think there was like 13 of you at that point. So yeah. you, you have to feel like, okay, I have a basic understanding of these flavors. I know what I'm going to make. I'm, I'm going to make it through to next week. If, if not, right, you got to, you have to feel pretty good about yourself. But like, honestly, I wouldn't, I did not feel like that one time. And everyone's like, well, Evelyn feels scary. Like, oh, you got this. And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> oh, so like, even at like the brisket challenge or like the ones you won, you didn't, did, you didn't really have a sense of kind of how you did. I felt like I did a good dish or a great dish. And I'm like, this is good. Like, I can't, I, I, I I was just, in my head, I feel like I think it was more of like, okay, this is the best dish I could create and I'm very proud of it. And then if this is what I go home with and this is what I go home with. And I felt like it was that every cook, like I just didn't know where I would fall. Even when I was like doing good, they're like, oh, you're on a streak. I was just like, I, I could leave tomorrow. I don't know. 
<laughs> right. I mean, I mean, that's really what happened did. to a lot of people, right? You yeah. know, you, you know, Jackson was specifically was riding high and then like a couple of really terrible decisions at, at restaurant wars and adios. Oh, I was terrified for restaurant wars. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, you know, cause I dined at the other restaurant. So I, yeah. I don't have a sense of kind of what it was like at your restaurant, but it, it just, I, that may be the closest that you came or, or, or maybe that, you know, I think of that as maybe the time when like your more assertive side came out because you were, you could kind of, it, it felt like from the edit that you could kind of see that things weren't going well. And if nothing else, you were going to do a good dish so that you didn't go home. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was just, it's just so much out of your hands. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And I was just there like, like I'm trying to execute my dish. Great. But then I'm also trying to make sure that we have a smooth service and, you know, Jackson was like, I take front of the house and I was like, okay, well then that means I don't worry about that. I worry about all of this over here, you know, and, and, and just trying to be supportive to, to both my other teammates that are in there with me and, and try to stay calm and collective. Cause it's an open kitchen, you know, try to train these new server, like runners with, with Jackson and stuff. So it's just, it's just a lot of moving parts. I mean, I, I just wanted to reach through the screen, the screen and I, shake him and be like, talk to the judges talk like unbelievable decision that was that was me i was just like jackson i i mean they did show a little clip when i was like i dragged them back to the table and i'm like can you please <laughs> right spiel them come on <laughs> but i mean that was like it was out of my hands like I, I i tried i did my best and 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 restaurant wars i think that was like i was like once i get there like that was the one i was scared the most for like just even going in like I didn't even know the challenge but I was just like I'm already scared well I I feel like as a fan of the show I mean obviously everybody wants to win but only one person is going to win everybody wants to make the finale but only three you know three or four people are going to make the finale I I always feel like if you can make it to restaurant wars then you've probably done that's a sign that you've done well you've probably won an elimination challenge or a quick fire somewhere along the way you set yourself out you set out yeah, because we're almost bit, like halfway through. The yeah, program. that's the halfway mark. Yeah. So, all right. So, so let me just ask you, like, what has life been like for you since you've been on the show? I mean, you know, you have your your stand at the Urban Harvest Market. You you've been doing dinners. I, I mean, do you? I, this is this is kind of an awkward way to ask this, but <laughs> do you feel more famous? I mean, do, are you getting recognized more? Uh, I I mean. I don't feel famous, but I, it's definitely like I get if I leave my house, I get recognized, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's wild. I think it's still it, it, I don't think it, it's not going to not be awkward. I'm just like, hi, they're like, is that? And I'm like, <laughs> just smiling. I'm like, ah. you know, but I, I, it's wild. I think it was very different for me experiencing this from the other chefs because I'm, I'm in the city it was shot in so like everybody's really like hyper aware of everything that's happening and everything I'm doing and it's it's really crazy but really cool because I felt like I didn't experience it alone um you know it's like everybody people really felt you know not only connected to me but it was showcasing their city so it's just like man this is just really speaks to us and and everybody you know was just going through it with me 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I have some awareness of kind of how big the, the, the show's audience is, stuff like that. But then, you know, my, my sister's telling me that my eight-year-old niece like wants to meet Chef Evelyn and, and when can we meet Chef Evelyn? It's like, that's crazy. <laughs> that's, that's when it's like, okay, this is, this is way bigger than I realized. Yeah. I, I think it's still kind of, I don't know, not fully sinks in maybe. Um, I, it's still weird when people recognize me, like, you know, putting gas in my car. <laughs> oh like- yeah. Let me tell you that happened to me at Costco a few months ago and it kind of, it, it didn't freak me out exactly, but it was like, Oh my God. Like it's one thing. It's one thing if I'm like at a restaurant or something, somebody comes up to me, but, but buying gas at Costco, that was, that was bonkers. So no, yeah. I totally get that. That was, I think that was the weirdest one. To get. <laughs> We're uh, just getting like messages. I'm like, Oh, I just saw you somewhere. And I was like, Oh, yep. That was, that was me. <laughs> right. But in terms of like your, your business, I mean, do you find that you're getting more traction at urban harvest? Are you selling? tickets to these dinners more quickly? I mean, has it helped? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think we we definitely are seeing, you know, our, our sales go up, our, our dinners. I mean, we posted yesterday. Um, I think Saturday has maybe like six tickets left and, and Sunday is like 75% sold. So it, it's really, it, it makes a difference. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Well, I, I think that's a good kind of moment to, to transition into talking about because you, I mean, you are planning to open a restaurant. You know, I, I guess I met you at Decatur when you were, you were working on your own and then you were at Politan Row. Like, could you just talk about Henry Liu a little bit and kind of explain yeah. how you guys started working together and what he's bringing to, to Ken? Yeah. So, like, yeah, like we said, we met in Decatur and I've been doing pop-ups for a while now. Um, after Politan Row, or during Politan Row, um, our first like shutdown, then we go for, I don't know how many months we tried. I mean, we kept opening, closing, opening, closing for a while. Um, and actually right before the first close, like the whole city closed, that week before Henry was actually here. And he's actually been part of like every little project I've done. He, he since I've moved back in 2016, um, he would come down for like a few weeks and like help me out and whatever I was doing. Like he saw like the pop-ups at Axel Red. He saw Taco Tuesdays at Liberty. He saw Decatur before it even opened. You know, like he saw like the process of me going, choosing all of that and, and, and starting that pro- program. Polyton Row, like starting the product line. I was messaging him. I've just always trusted his, his opinion and we've known each other for over 10 years. So if I had like some sort of question, I was like, oh, you know, like the color of my labels, <laughs> that was the, <laughs> like the last conversation we had, like during, uh, like in the beginning of COVID, I was just like, okay, if I'm going to start this product line, you know, what color of label looks cool, you know, and like sending him shots and whatever. And so we've always had this communication and we've always talked about hopefully working on something together. But, you know, I, I told him, I was like, hey, if we're going to work on something, you're going to, you know, you're going to have to move to Houston, right? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not moving back to New York. <laughs> And he's born and raised in New York. So, you know, we did about the first year of, of COVID and, you know, just having these conversations back and forth. And then, you know, he was just like, oh, you know, he's starting to he was just like, I think I want to uh, 
not invest with money, but invest my time. And I think, you know, I really believe on what you're doing and, and I want to be part of that. And, and I feel like, you know, we have a lot of similarity thoughts in just goal goals, our food style, our food philosophy. And I'm like, if there's anybody I would work with, cause it, it, it's not that I haven't been asked to like partner up and stuff like that, but I, I'm like, it's my baby. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sharing this with any, you know, not just anybody. And you know, as the, the conversations went along, I was like, if you're willing to, you know, if you're risking everything and moving to Houston and then, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm selling things at the market. It's, you know, he's seen the process. I'm like, this ain't cute. <laughs> it's not cute. It's really sweaty. Like, it's not glamorous. And he, he knew that and, and he's willing to put in the work. And I was like, well, let's do it then. Like move to Houston. And then he came here he was helping me with a few pop-ups and then he like turned around. I think we were doing like a pupusa lab at Astro Brewery and it was just me and him. And he turned around and he's like, you know what? I'm moving. And I was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It was like that quick. Henry makes decisions real fast. Um, And I was like, okay, let's do it. And in January of last year, he, you know, he, he went to Houston. He's like, all right, what's in New York? He's like, let me go move everything. Obviously finish with apartments and all of that. And I went and helped him out for like two weeks and then he moved down. And then we're like, all right, let's start search for a restaurant. And this was what, like a year and a half ago, I think. And we literally got back and we're like, okay, we're looking at buildings. We've been looking at buildings for a long time now. (laughs) We've seen every building in Houston, I swear. Um, And, you know, till we found one that felt right and, and, and fit our vision. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've heard some, some rumblings about where you're going to be and, and, and all that. I, I, how much can, can we say, can we say it's in the Heights? It's in the Heights. It's in the heights. <laughs> what is your, like, what is your timeline? Like, um, we're going through permitting now. So we're shooting for the fall. Um, but we we're doing permitting now. So we we just got to pray. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and then, just in terms of the, do you want to give like an overall, like the, the elevator pitch, like what, like what kind of food are you, what kind of food are you planning to serve? Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, this is our, our, our first baby, you know, Kin Kin started at Politan Row and this is a different version of it. It's our first standalone building. And for us, it's really, you know, as, as we've seen through the show, it's very important for me to connect with my food. <laughs> um, I, it's, it's, you know, it's really part of uh, my philosophy and the way I cook. And there's a reason for, for every dish I create. So that's really the core of what June's going to be. It's really going to speak to my story, Henry's story. We're both first generation Americans. I'm Mexican Salvadorian. He's Chinese American via New York. We both love Southeast Asian flavors. <laughs> And, you know, our food's going to speak to that. And for us, we're, we're calling it new Asian American because it's we're heavily inspired by Asian flavors. But there's also a lot of, you know, Henry has a lot of experience with Peruvian food and his ceviches are killer. And, you know, I have a lot of influence from my Mexican and Salvadorian uh, heritage. So it's really to me, in essence, it's going to speak a lot to Houston and it's really going to connect to us and you know, it's just very multicultural city and it just makes sense. Like, I feel like the more, the older I grow and, and the more I spend more time here in Houston and, 
and grow my brand, the more I realize how much my food makes sense here because there's just so much, <laughs> so much going on in Houston. It's so multicultural. And we say it again and again and again, but I feel like people, once they come and experience Houston, you really understand what we mean. It's like literally like every culture. <laughs> and, and I feel like my food speaks to that and it just makes sense. Yeah. Are there, are there lessons from your time at Decatur Bar that you are going to bring to this experience? I mean, do you, do you think that that benefited you? Oh, 100%. I feel like Decatur was my experience to really learn in the way of just opening a restaurant because I went through the whole process with Adam, you know, like we were like choosing floors and, and doing all the cool fun stuff, but I also saw the gritty, not so fun stuff right. <laughs> of, of restaurant opening restaurants before it was like, I've opened restaurants with other people, but it was very like, okay, you just focus on one thing and that that's it. But really seeing kind of like the back end of things. And, and I mean, I love Adam. He's like a brother to me. He was just like very open about everything and just seeing the whole process and how that was executed. And then as a chef, I think Decatur really kind of put me in a, in a place where I was very vulnerable because it was like my first time, like really showcasing what I could do in a restaurant other than just a tent and, and being, you know, open to everybody's criticism, right? Like, do you like it? Do you not like it? I don't know. <laughs> and then, and then learning from that being like, okay, like, you know, I think I became a lot tougher from that experience and, and knowing that I was like, okay, I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but a lot of people do really enjoy my food. And, and that definitely gave me uh, validation as well. Well, good. I, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for you. I, I, you know, like, I, I mean, like I said, I, you know, I, I, I don't know that I ever made it to a, to a tent at Axelrad, you know, way back in the day, but, but I certainly, you know, I certainly remember Decatur and, and, you know, you'll see me at urban harvest from time to time. So yeah, I'm, I, I'm excited to see what, what June is like. And, and I think, I, I think, I think Houston, I think Houston overall is going to be really excited for you. Yeah, I'm just super excited. I feel like I, like I said many of times, I'm like this is just the beginning. I feel like it's is a it's oh everything's always a process, and and I love my process. I, I thoroughly enjoy what I do, so it's just exciting to finally be able to have. Um, I feel like my first child. <laughs> like here it is, because um, I've been you know I've been working uh, just towards this goal, and it's just really exciting that it's really being concrete and, and it's one of many, I hope. Um, but it's really nice to just see it happening. And, and it's crazy that it's happening, you know, with such a big audience. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and, and, and I should say, you know, you and Don and, and another group of uh, Top Chef contestants, you're, you're part of a, a, like an elite fraternity in the sense that Padman never tells you to pack your knives. Right. If you, if you make it to the finale, you never hear pack your knives and go. You just hear the winner. You know, I've, I've, I've never thought about that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's a, it's a fun group to be a part of. Oh man. No. Yeah. I, I think just even just the whole like top chef alum, like it's just, they're very, very, um, I don't know. I can't think of the word, but they're just so nice. Everybody like so many, yeah, they're kind of welcoming. Have- it's like a, shared shared experience they're like we know what you went through <laughs> and I was like yes like it's just they're everybody's just so nice so welcoming everybody's reached out 
Um, if I'm in the, in the city, you know, I've been traveling a lot. If I'm in the city, like they're like, Hey, if you need this, if you need that, like, it's just so nice. And it's amazing to be part of that because it's, you know, as tight as we are here in Houston, which is amazing. Like that's the community I'm part of. And not a lot of chefs are part of that. Right. Like, I feel like we have such a unique experience being a chef here in Houston, but like now I feel like I have that in a, in a bigger way. Like I can go to different cities and, and feel that same love. So it's really cool to have that and everybody just really be that welcoming. All right. Well, I have to say that brings me to the end of my questions. Is there anything you want to discuss that I haven't asked you about? Hmm. No, I think I'm good. <laughs> All right. Well, before I let you go, we have to play the lightning round. Oh, okay. Five easy questions, five short answers. Just say the first thing that comes to mind. Evelyn Garcia, what is your favorite ingredient? Oh, man. Chilies and ginger. All right. What is the first band you ever saw in concert? Lord Backstreet Boys. <laughs> what is your fast food guilty pleasure? It has to come from a restaurant with a drive through Oh, McDonald's hot and spicy with French fries. Who is your favorite Houston sports figure, past or present? Oh, my God. I'm really bad. Uh, well, I'll, no, I'm really bad with sports, but Altuve. I love Altuve. I love his energy. And then finally, you, you've been so busy. What is the newly opened Houston restaurant you haven't visited yet, but you are dying to try? Mm. What have I not visited? Mm. That's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um I mean, I make my rounds. I'm pretty good. Well, what's the best? What's the best meal you've had in the last month? I'll, I'll I'll ask it. I'll ask it differently. All right. So I was just in LA, and I was at Here's Looking at You, and that meal was mind blowing. Um, I had a lot of people tell me that I would really enjoy it, and it was so so delicious. So if you're ever in LA, check it out. It's really it's really cute, and it's absolutely delicious. Evelyn, how can people keep up with what, what you've got going on? Give us the social media for Kin and, and Instagram and all that stuff. Yeah, for Kin, you can follow us at ByKinHTX on Instagram and Facebook. And for myself, I have, or I'm under Chef Evelyn Garcia on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you very much. Thanks. You can follow me on Instagram at Eric Sandler. Keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week.